Welcome, everyone, to the How to Get the Most Out of College podcast. There's a lot of talk about where to go to college, but not nearly enough about how to go to college. And it's the everyday decisions that drive your success. I'm your host, Elliot Felix. I've been a consultant to more than 100 colleges and universities, helping them improve their student experience. And I'm the author of How to Get the Most Out of College, where I take what I've learned about how college works and make it work for you. Nationally, about 12% of students transfer at a four-year college or university based on the latest data from the National Center for Education Statistics. But those students aren't just statistics. They're real students who have to get reoriented and find community and belonging and support and a career path and a way to make progress. So I'm so excited to dig into this idea of how transfer students find community and belonging on a new campus or online with Quinnipiac University's Tom Ellett, who's actually the first CXO or chief experience officer in higher ed and thinks a lot about student experience and transfer experience in particular. Welcome, Tom. Thank you so much, Elliot. A pleasure to be with you. Being a part of this project it means a great deal because I know how much, how committed you are to the college journey for students. Absolutely. I would love to hear a little bit about your journey. Why transfer students? Why is this something you're passionate about? Well, I don't know if you knew this, but I am a two-time transfer student. Nicely uh, done. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't succeed, try, try again. I attended a community college for my first year and a half and graduated with my associate's degree and then said, I think I want to go somewhere where it's warm. I think I want to go somewhere where it's near the ocean. And I think I want to go somewhere that has a theater program. So I hit two of those three. I transferred in January. And I don't know if you know that not every January, it is warm in Florida. And I didn't realize it at the time that Orlando is not near the ocean. It's actually in the middle of the state. And that particular January, when I transferred, it was averaging about 45 degrees, 40 degrees. And I was living on my cousin's couch for a week and I did hit the theater program, but uh, realized pretty quickly it was not for me. And after a week and a half, I left, packed up my bags and went back home to uh, Troy, New York. That's a bold decision. I commend you on reevaluating so quickly before you would become victim to the sum cost fallacy and, and just kind of stay there at a momentum. But I think redirecting quickly is, that's a pretty bold decision. Tell us a little bit about your life in higher ed ever since. So let me just say a couple of things about that process in terms of transfer. There really wasn't anything special for me. I showed up and got in line back in the day. You got a card and you had to get the cards for each class and then hand the cards to the registrar and the line at University of Central Florida at the time was pretty long and there wasn't any orientation. There was to the theater program, but nothing in terms of a sense of belonging. Nobody outreached to me to say, hey, do you need housing as a transfer student? Hey, you know, here are, here's a map of campus. Here's an orientation leader, right? So there was no connection at all created for me. And it was so it was easy to leave. So, you know, went to work for my dad, came back and then um, realized that I really did want to continue to pursue a theater degree. And uh, then journeyed off to a place that was closer. The literature said three hours of where you live. And so I used that as part of the compass. And I also went to a school that had a, a person who I really admired, who was a year younger than me, who was really had a lot of affinity for the school. And I respected him. 
visited him. And then I ended up transferring to Fordham University in the Bronx and a totally different experience as it relates to feeling a sense of connection. And I think part of it was because I knew someone there, but there were a little bit more things for the transfer students, but still not the kind of depth that I think needs to happen for transfer students early on. Because I think as a transfer student, a lot of times I felt, and I think others who I've talked to felt like there's a scarlet letter on you because you weren't there because everyone starts to say, well, I don't remember you freshman year. Which building did you live in? And it's like you you have to either create a new narrative, like, oh, I was on the other side of campus. But you know that will catch up with you at some point in time if you keep on that. Because they'll say, oh, I know Joe lived there too. And he doesn't remember you either. So you really need to get out of that narrative and just be honest. And you feel like you're left out because you, you're around people who talk about the stories from freshman year or sophomore year and you weren't there for it. But I will tell you, it, it changed differently. And I think why I sit here today is because of what happened after that experience. Two of the things that you found lacking were outreach and orientation, a way to understand everything that was offered and a way to build those connections. I would love to hear a little bit about what you think universities can do, whether it's outreach, whether it's orientation, like what can they do to facilitate a sense of belonging among their transfer students? And the counterpart to that question is what can students and families do to take full advantage of everything their college or university is offering for their transfer students? You know, I think that transfer students fall into two camps. Those who want a similar shared experience with other transfer students, they want to be around people who had that same experience. And then there's that other group of transfer students who want to peel off that label and pretend they were there from freshman year and just get immersed in the campus culture. Now, I would say in both of those groups, they're still will be students who are really there specifically for the academic piece and really don't want to engage. They did it. They had the freshman orientation already. They're done with that. They're ready just to focus on academics. But I think for an institution to offer both of those aspects, you know, sometimes institutions will say, we're going to house all transfer students together. Or sometimes they'll say, oh, we're going to split them up so they can't be together. And they fill in all the blanks or all the, you know, the empty spaces in a residence hall or, you know, service community. I think having a little of both and letting transfer students have a little bit more say in their experience is really critically important. Because they've already had a miss for whatever reason, they want to be more able to create what it's going to look like for themselves. So I think that's important. And I do think having focused orientations for the transfer students is really important. Not all will attend. Not all will want to go. I think it's important for them to start to understand what opportunities exist for transfer students. I think early on, it's good to have transfer ambassadors. In all of the institutions I've worked at, we've created those. And what I've found to be the case is that they last about six to eight weeks. After that, transfer students are usually older. They don't need that same kind of orientation leader for freshmen that may need it for a longer period of time. So I, I think that's an important piece, offering some socials that are those that are specific for transfer, but also then inviting transfers to participate in some of the larger organizations and specifically inviting them is really important. The invitation to students is really important to constantly offer. I've heard very often from students, you know, why aren't you going to this thing? And you're not involved. Yeah, but I'm invited. I feel like I'm invited at this campus and welcome. That's important adage. And certainly really important for 
transfer students to know about their academic credits, what's accepted, what's not, instead of playing that game for a long period of time of, you know, where do I stand? Am I really a sophomore standing or a junior standing? You really need to do that in the admissions process. I think it, it shows a sense of you matter. We're going to answer your question and we're going to let you know where you're starting from academically. I think that's such great advice that you need both, whether you're wanting to find community among other transfer students, people that have a similar experience to you versus join the community that's already there and maybe have had a different experience than you. To me, that tracks with a concept I can't get out of my head, which is the Robert Putnam bowling alone, you know, bridging versus bonding capital. You need things that bind you together with people that are like you, but you need to bridge to other groups and spend time with people that are different than you. And that, I mean, that's what college, that's what it's all about, right? Finding that right mix. And it seems like it applies to transfer students. How do you think students can find that mix? I guess there's no one answer because students are varied in the degree to which they want to get involved, get engaged, as you're saying. But do you have any tips on like finding that balance that, you know, doing some venturing out versus also staying in? I think that early on the staying in is probably more prevalent for transfer students early on. But I think once they have their footing and sometimes you get your footing around other people who are less confident and you feel like you're the most confident person, it's easy to jump off that boat and start to swim in a different direction. And then others to stay there until they feel confident and jump off or stay together throughout their time there. There were a number of transfer students that I ended up being pretty close with, but it wasn't exclusive transfer students. I mean, I would say it was probably 70, 30% the four-year students compared to the transfer students for me. And there were a lot more four-year students than there were transfers too. That, that population, as you gave that statistic at an institution, it is usually pretty low. In our own institution here, we have in the fall semester about 200 transfer students and about 1,600 new first-time students. So again, one-eighth of the population is transfer students. Again, transfer students aren't one-dimensional either because you have transfer students who actually finished a degree from a community college and those who left a four-year school because the list is, you know, full of, I got in trouble, got kicked out. It didn't have the academic major. I didn't connect with other people. The expenses were too high. I wanted to live closer to home. There is no one reason why a student will transfer. And I do think that's part of why the needs are different. And it's a complicated group of students to actually try to engage across a large group. So what I found helpful with transfer students is to have people from different experiences meeting with them during that orientation process so that they have stories that they can glom on to, people who have stories they can glom on to because they were a transfer student and came from a community college, a transfer student who left after one year. You know, those stories I think are important to reinforce. You're welcome here and you're not the only one who has had that experience. So for campuses, it's outreach, it's orientation, it's peer-to-peer, -peer, it's invitation, it's exposing transfers to a cross-section of folks and services and supports. You know, and it's also understanding that there is a cross-section of transfer students who are gonna differ in their past experience, their reasons for transferring, what they're looking for. We've talked about belonging and you mentioned the credit transfer, which I think is so important. I, I read, I think it's a GAO study that 
it's about 40% of credits are lost on average at transfer. And some people barely lose any, and some are, you know, even more so than that. What are the other like typical pain points that universities, colleges should be on the lookout for, you know, as they want to invite and welcome and include transfer students and, you know, what should families be on the lookout for as well? I mentioned that whole thing about housing, you know, some institutions only house transfers together and some fill in the spaces that are open. I do think in the pecking order, transfers students tend to fall at the back of the line. They're the last ones to enroll in courses because students enroll in courses the semester before, right? And these students don't get admitted until the summertime or in, in late December to start in the second semester. I do think it makes it even harder when you transfer in the second semester then transferring in the first semester. A couple of reasons for that, especially in the Northeast, in the Midwest, it's cold. There aren't as many outdoor activities that a university does. So that kind of informal gathering is indoor in smaller spaces, whereas you have the orientation brunches or barbecues outside and game days and things that will be more informal. And I think that it is harder to actually go into a January term. And I think that probably was part of what happened where I went, there wasn't those formal transfer events in January. And I think that can be lost. I think that it's really important to remember the fact that there isn't a consistency of the transfer student and having people from all different walks in life be around to help them in that journey, the transition. So starting in September as opposed to January, in a way, gives you like a head start because there's just going to be more things offered in the fall than the spring. That, and remember, also you have one quarter of the undergraduate population starting. So you also have that newness that you're a part of as well. So there's a the spill-off effect of all of this other orientation activities happening, whereas most institutions don't have robust orientation programs in January for students because the numbers just don't dictate it. There, there are very few first semester entering freshmen and a lot of institutions don't allow it. They only take them for first-year students in the fall term. Right. So the whole rhythm of the institution is set up with the idea that you're going to have this influx of new folks. And if you can be part of that influx, you're aligned with the zeitgeist as opposed to you're a semester behind. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. What about things like career advising, career planning, student support? You know, we've talked about belonging, involvement credit transfer. What about from a student services perspective, anything that institutions or transfer students should be on the lookout for on that front? I think it's always helpful for transfer students to get to speak with some other successful transfer students who have gone down the road at that institution. And that's why I talked about the transfer ambassador program. I think it can be really helpful to see someone similar path who was successful and that you can be successful, especially those students who have actually connected in leadership positions. And I think a lot of times institutions or departments don't see, for instance, transfer students their first year being able to be a good RA, right? I mean, because you only have, when the RA process happens, right? If you start in the fall, you've been here one semester and many institutions only hire juniors and seniors. So you only have one shot at it if you're a transfer student, if you come in as a junior. I had that experience and I was, and there was very few transfer students hired. So, you know, there wasn't an outreach for being a transfer student. Hey, you should apply. And, and I think that institutions that target 
opportunities towards transfer students is really important as well. So, you know, when you're asking the question, how many transfer students become orientation leaders? How many transfer students become RAs? How many transfer students have presidents of clubs and organizations at your institution? I think that will speak well of how an institution values transfer students in terms of what they can aspire to be and contribute to the institution. I love that as a metric because I know from lots of our previous conversations, you're big on not just what are they saying they're doing or saying they're happy with, but how are they voting with their feet? And I think if institutions can understand what's the path of their transfer students, what are they leading? How are they getting involved? And then prospective transfers can look at that as a kind of a litmus test and say, yeah, there's a place for me here. There's a path to success here. That's such a great indicator. Let's leave it there because this is great advice thinking about the transfer student experience and how they find community, how they get their credits transferred, how they find support, how they both bridge and bond. Really appreciate your advice. Well, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Last thing I would say is I think that transfer students can come from a deficit model. I'm behind. I don't, you know, I'm not going to get this experience. No transfer student should feel like they're behind. In fact, sometimes opportunities are short-lived and why not you and why someone else? So don't ever lose sight of the opportunities that exist for every student on your campus. Absolutely. You're not behind in a way you're ahead, right? Because you've been oriented to a different institution. You've gone through it before and you're better for it. You have broader and better perspective in a way. I love that. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts and check out elliotfelix.com for all the episodes and the articles I've written, talks I've given, and more information about the book. Mm -hmm.